I had asked, I've been praying all week or just speaking and saying, Now, Lord, I thank you for what you want me to teach Tuesday. Well, I didn't know until last night, late last night. And all of a sudden, it came to me. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And you have to trust it and what he speaks. And it just, you know, when God speaks to you, things light up on the inside of you. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we're going to study today, and you'll notice some of the songs that Wesley led. But I titled today's lesson, Mahunt, H-U-N-T, for health. I'm looking for it. I'm hunting it. Now, how many of you have ever been on an Easter egg hunt? <laughs> and your kids on an Easter egg hunt. Well, you know, those kids just get so excited on the day that they're going to be hunting eggs. Well, I speak that excitement over you today for the hunt for health. Yes. Boy, God, you put it in us. You put that excitement in us that we're going to start hunting for our health because it is right here. And it was provided for us, and I'm going after it. I am going after it. Now, you know what? That's going to take some obedience and some diligence, and an I want to. And if you'll tell yourself, I want this, and believe it, you'll start doing it, okay? But I was thinking about an Easter egg hunt and uh, how kids hunt for those eggs. You know, they're hunting for the prize. We always put prizes in the eggs, for the little ones, it's candy, and then it's change, you know, and all of that. And, boy, they know there's something inside that egg they're hunting. Well, there's something inside this word here today that you're hunting. And it's going to be your answer. And it's going to be instructions for you. And it's going to be the desire in you to go after it. Okay? To not let it rule you but you to rule pray, the body with that. So I was thinking about this, and um, when we used to do egg hunts with our older kids, we always had, we always, our egg hunts, we always had the area for the little kids, you know, with what they wanted in those eggs. And then we did the adults. We don't do the adults anymore. We got too many with the, all our mates, you know. But we'd, I'd put $100 bills They knew it. I like $100 bills. I like to bless people with $100 bills. But I put $100 bills in the... I had it, okay? There's your difference, okay? You do what you can do or could do. But I would hide $100 bills in the big eggs like this. And I would hide them in different places. And boy, when I would say... And Phil Driscoll was there at my house this particular Easter... And uh, so it was, it was actually, let's see, Emily six. It was six years ago because he was there for the reveal and he shot the gun that, all of that that revealed. And he's a special friend of ours. And so he was there for that egg hunt. And so, are y'all getting an image of this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's all these little ones. Of course, we have more little ones now than we had then too. And we have more kids that are married, you know than we had then, so I didn't have as many to do, so I quit that, okay? <laughs> so when our family increased, 
So anyway, I hid the, the big kids' eggs in hard-to-find places. But they had to find them. And that's what, y'all are going to get this, and that's the way we have to do. They're hidden in this word, but you have to find it. You have to hunt for it. Amen? And so that's what the Lord was having me to study. So uh, this particular Sunday that Phil was there, what is so interesting, I thought this was a good example, that I would hide the big one I might, I would give them clues. I would have little clues. They'd go from one clue to the next, you know, and, and follow those clues to find those money ones. And I, like I had one down in the mailbox way down by the end of the road. I hid one uh, on one of our uh, horses, mane. <laughs> I, I'm very creative. But whatever the clue was that they got to the next egg, Cody figured it out. He took off running like a streak of light, and he jumped over the fence down to the barn. You know where that gate and all that fence is that goes to the barn? He literally jumped over that fence, and he was headed that way. Well, guess what? Everybody was running after him because they knew that he had the egg. He knew where it was. Well, he found it, and I'd hid it in one of the horse's mane. Well, the thing they did not know, because each clue told them where another one was. We used to do this at Christmas for the gifts, too. I hid notes under the table, underneath the table, and they'd have to hunt them and all that. And so, anyway, I hid one in Phil Driscoll's pocket. They didn't know that. And he was following them everywhere they went with a money egg. They didn't know that it was following them. Guess what's following you? Everywhere you go. But they didn't know to hunt for it in Phil's pocket until someone finally got a clue what was going on, and Phil loved it. He thought, this is the best Easter I believe I've ever had. But the point to that is you have to hunt for your health in this word. You have to search it, and you have to have the desire. And I prayed for your desires to change today. Remember that? I prayed for your desires to change, to go after what belongs to you, and health belongs to you. So, you know, we seem to wait until we become sick before uh, thinking about our health. We just, case of raw, you know, until something happens to us. So I looked up the word health in the Webster's Dictionary. It means physical and mental well-being. It means freedom from disease. That's in your Webster's. Freedom from disease. And praise God, we are free from disease. But we have to hunt for that freedom. And what we have to do to walk in that freedom, to possess that freedom. Are you getting it? It's not case of rasa, whatever will be, will be. I want it to be, I want change. I want change. But let me tell you what. We're going to have to get out of the, the soulish realm and get it renewed to the word of God so that our desires will change. My desire has to change for me to do something about it. 
And I spoke that over y'all today, and I pray that you receive that knowledge. Amen? Okay, so the word heal, we know it talks about healing. The word heal means to make well or healthy again. And, and that seems to be where we are most of the time is being healed, that we're being made well or healthy again. So let's go to Third John. You know where that is. Um, we're going to read verse 2, Third John. That's just before the book of Revelations over there. And we, we quote these scriptures a lot. But I want us to go back and look at it again. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Now, he wishes that, John does, but he can't make it happen. I'm the one that's going to make it happen by changing my desires. Beloved, I wish above all things, and I say that to you today, I wish, oh, Father God, I wish for all these ladies above all things that they will prosper, that they'll be in health, and that their soul that's sitting up here on the top of their neck, their soulish part, will prosper. Amen? So um, the Amplified says, Beloved, I pray that you may succeed in every way and that your body may keep well even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers or succeeds. Notice the importance of the soul here because we've been studying the mind a lot since we started this year. But the soul is very important because that's where your mind is. But he says, I want your mind to prosper. I want your mind to succeed. And what this word says and what he's telling you today. And so we'll notice that John covers three particular areas. He covers prosperity. In, and one Amplified says he covers prosperity in your secular affairs. Prosperity, finances, investments, all of this. He, that's what he wants. He's, I want that for you. If he wants it for us girls, it's available. It is Prosperity in all of your affairs is available to you. And, you know, most of us, or a lot of us in here, some of you may not be to that place, but Tom, he, was a, he had a tremendous business head. Tremendous. I, I just never... I mean, he had companies asking him to come and go over their books because he could look at them and tell them where they're missing it and what to do. Well... For us to, he, he had investments. And I was, I, I didn't do what I should have done. He would come in and tell me, well, we're investing in this, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. We've got stocks in this, and all, blah, blah, blah. I thought, oh, great. I didn't understand one word he was saying. But let me tell you, if you've got kids or you young people, you know the business of your husband. I just knew I was being blessed, but I didn't take the time to learn. And when the enemy came against him with sickness, when he bruised both sides of his brain, roping, steers, 
I told Susan then, I said, Susan, you better know where all of our investments are, and you better know how to get to them. Because I neglected listening to what he was trying to tell me. I depended on his knowledge. Well, I can depend on this knowledge, but she's worked all her life with her dad. And she said, oh, Mom, don't worry. I know where everything is. I know how to get to it. I know all the passwords. I know... Did that ever bring me peace? Well, here's your passwords. And so I could say to you, you better know what you're doing, sisters. If, you're, if your husband is the head of all those finances, somebody better know. Well, this word knows. And he wants you to prosper up here in your soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. But praise God. He's, I praise him. I praise God for my husband every day. I said, would you please tell Tom something for me? I mean, I, I know Tom doesn't hear me, but he hears God. I mean, God hears me. Would you please tell him thank you for me? Thank you for leaving me in a position when he left that I am well taken care of. And I just tell God things that I want him to thank Tom for. You know? I'm, I'm just telling y'all how life is. Be thankful. But anyway... He talks about our soul prospering. Well, in that area of our finances, I, my soul wasn't prospered. It really wasn't. And so I advise all you younger ones, you know, let that soul prosper in the financial area. And that's what he was talking about. So he said, prosperity in your secular affairs. And Tom saw to that. And then he goes on, he says, health for the body. We need to prosper in our bodies with health. That means to be successful. I'm hunting for my health. I mean, I'm on a mission to get my health the way. Did you know when God created this body, he created it to live forever? He created this body to live forever. And he had to go to plan B. Whenever Satan messed with what? Eve's mind. He messed with her soul. And if you don't watch out, sickness, disease, physical, financial attacks, Satan is messing with your mind, just like he did Eve. And But he had plan B. Well, I've got plan B too. And it's this word of God, and I'm going after it. And my soul is going to prosper. Ooh, hallelujah, it's already prospering. It, it's, it's doing it. You know, a healthy soul thinks like God thinks. A healthy soul thinks God's thoughts. And this book is full of his thoughts. He says, I know, the, in Jeremiah, I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you. Well, do you know them? Do you know what his thoughts are towards you and what his plans are for you? Do you? Can you write it down? If you can't write it down, you don't know. Well, I write stuff down. I've got notebooks. I bet I have 50 to 100 notebooks full of his thoughts and stuff. And I keep them all. My kids are going to have an awesome time reading all my notebooks if I leave before Jesus comes. And I don't plan on it. But like I said, my daughter-in-law is planning my 100th birthday party. She tells me that all the time. 
Praise God. Okay, so that area, health for the soul, is so important. All three of these, the secular, the body, the soul, all three of these are necessary in order for us to have the life that God wants us to have. They're necessary, that they prosper. Okay? So, I should expect to have them. I should expect to have success and prosperity in all three of these areas. I expect it. You know, an expectancy will draw things to you. Praise God. Understanding the definitions of, of all of these makes sense then to the statement, and I know y'all have all heard us say this, we are healthy. We are the healthy that Satan wants to make sick. That's so important to get hold of that. I am the healthy because he says so, but I am the healthy and Satan wants to make me sick. Praise God. So what are we supposed to say? I'm the healthy. I'm healed. And you say, well, you should feel what my body feels or you should see what my body sees. You're still healthy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I want us to go to Isaiah 33. Let me get over here. And we're going to read verse 34. No, verse 24. Are you there? And the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. I'm taking that completely out of that verse. He goes on to say, the people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity or forgiven their sins. But he says, and the inhabitants shall not say. Remember when we talked about last week how that we create our own world and I'm living in it? Man, you know that statement has gone off in my mind, in my soul. What have I created? What world am I living in that I have created by saying it? You know, we're not, this is not denial. You've got to understand that. This, when he says, let not the inhabitants say, I am sick, don't say what you don't want. I don't want to say I'm sick. Because when I say I'm sick, I'm taking possession of it. Or it is taking possession of me. Now, this is a tough lesson today because we're seeing where we really are and what kind of world we are creating for ourselves. And I've made mistakes. But you know what? I praise God for the Holy Spirit, my teacher. Amen. I'm telling you. That's why I say go back over your notes and get those answers to those questions I gave you last week and today. You'll analyze yourself. So don't say you're sick. Uh, and why not? Why should you? He says, don't say I'm sick. I can tell you why. Because sickness has been removed. It's not available to you unless you claim it, unless you talk it. You are the healthy, and it, sickness does not have a right on my body. And I've got to tell it so. Now, this is not condemnation to any of us that have symptoms in our body. This is not condemnation. This is a way that we get rid of it. And, and don't be under condemnation if you have a sickness or, or a weakness in any of these three parts, in your, mind, in your soul, 
in your body or in your finances. Don't be condemned because the word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation to them who walk in the spirit. And we are walking in the spirit. Amen. So that's important. Okay, so now let's go to Exodus 23. And we're going to read um, verse 25. I'll give you just a minute to be there. And as Creflo would say, read, you know. Okay, verse 25. And you shall, res- you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in their land. The number of the days I will fulfill. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. Well, what if you've had miscarriages? I had three miscarriages, but I didn't know this word. I didn't know to take authority of The first one was a little boy. I know that. They told me that. I was that far enough along. So I've got three children in heaven. Isn't that the neatest thing? I'm going to meet them someday. And many of you here have had miscarriages. Let me tell you, God breathed life into that when you conceived. And it's a joy to know. I just wonder what they're doing. You know, probably talking to their daddy up there. You know. But, you know, God has given us so much knowledge in here. But I didn't know the word back then. I did. I just knew what the doctor said. I didn't know that I was blessed going into the doctor's office and blessed coming out. But thank God for knowledge. Amen. But you know that now. You need to speak that over your children that are having children. Amen. So the bread and water represent the things that are necessary to maintain life. The food and water. He's not talking about those Hawaiian rolls necessarily but he's talking about food here blessing thy bread and thy water Uh, those two things are necessary for life and I'm trying to think of the doctor that used to be in Dallas and you can tell me what his name was that we went to at one time Um, huh anyway he had a book out the uh, life of the flesh is in the blood Anyway, so that was a good book. But God put within this body the ability, ability for us to live in health. And Satan has come to steal, kill, and to destroy what God has put in there. Amen. He wants us out of this earth. Okay. So the bread and water represent the things that are necessary to maintain life. The taking away of sickness removes the threat of something that endangers your life. He took away sickness because it's a threat to your life here on this earth. Amen. The Clark commentary said, shall bless thy bread and water, about that scripture. That is, all thy provisions, no matter of what sort, the most ordinary fare shall, listen to this, the most ordinary fare shall be sufficiency, nutritious, When God's blessing is on it. Why should we bless our food? I'm going to say that again. See, some people, oh, I wouldn't dare eat that. 
Well, speak God's blessing on it if you're in a place where you're, you have to eat that. He said that the most ordinary food, fare, shall be sufficiently nutritious when God's blessing is on it. So <clears throat> when I pray over my food, uh, a lot of times, in fact, our bunco group will probably notice, Father, I thank you that this food has in it the nourishment that we need. I'll do whatever words comes to my mind and it will fill the need of our body and blah, 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 blah. Because everybody cooks different. I'm not, you know. But there's sufficiency, sufficient nutrition in it. Oh, God, where is it? It's in my words. I get that. When I bless my food, the sufficiency for it to be nutritious is in what I say about it. That's why we bless our food. So you may have to develop a new prayer over your food. And know and speak to it. Father, I thank you that that's what's before you. I thank you that this that's set before me is blessed. And it, whatever is in it, I will take the nutrition of it. And it will bless me. Bless my body. Oh, yes, and over my money. I prayed, yes, that they will go into this body and do what's needed and what they're designed to do. And my, my offering for this morning, I spoke a blessing over it. I told it where it was going and what it was going to accomplish and what the, what the harvest was going to be on it. I do that. I don't just pluck it in a bucket or hand it to Tanya or whoever's receiving the offerings or whoever I hand my offering. I had already play, prayed over that, Karen, before I handed you this morning. I handed you $25. I know exactly where it's going. I know exactly what I'm receiving. Let me tell you, you got to bless yourself. God talks about you speaking blessings over yourself. But see, if you don't want it, you'll neglect it and just give it. Not realizing you got to use these words, girls, over your finances. Well, that was a side trip. But God's blessing is in what I speak over the food that I'm partaking. That's so important. So we are the healthy. Jesus carried every sickness and every disease to the cross. I don't see myself as being sick. I see myself healthy. I see myself warding off and doing what I know to do to get that sickness off of me. And that may include doctors. Don't, don't forget that. These doctors, I'm telling you, I am so amazed at the knowledge they have of how this body works and how it functions. So don't let guilt come if you have to use a doctor. They didn't come by their knowledge. Uh, naturally, God anointed them. He anointed their mind to know how this body works. And I can hardly wait to get over to that part. Okay. So let's look at Psalms 139. I have enjoyed. This was for me today, by the way. I'm just sharing it with y'all. Okay. One, I think it's 139.14. Let me see if that's where I want to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, this is David speaking. I will praise thee, though 
This is where I got stuck this morning and couldn't get out of it. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. Whew. Praise God. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, I got stuck on that this morning where I just got lost. I started looking at all the commentaries. And there was so much in these commentaries that it was actually confusing for a while, you know. So I just kind of started picking out of the different commentaries some of the things that I wanted to share. But in the Clark commentary, it said, The texture of the human body is the most complicated and curious that can be conceived. This body is complicated to the natural mind, is what he's saying. He says it, it's uh, the human body is complicated, and it would be to me. <clears throat> it is indeed wonderfully made. Though we should walk with death in in we though we should walk in death, we keep life in the view. This body is dissolving. And I, I forgot to, I had some scriptures on that. I think I sent that to Karen one time. But this body is going to dissolve. And that was the word that was used. It's going to start dissolving. But we have to keep life in the view as it begins to dissolve. And live the life that God wants us to live. He, wants, he has a life for me at 83. And I want to live the life that he has for me at 83. I'll be 84 in May. I want to live the life that he has planned for me at the age of 84. So he's saying always keep in view life. Life. Now you'll have to let the Holy Spirit minister that to you. Because whatever is going on in your body today. Always keep in your view, the life that God has provided for you at your age. And think about that. That's for you to think about. Okay. So I want to go back to, uh, I think it was verse 13. I'm trying to think where I was. Yeah. Okay, this is where I want to go back in that Psalms 139. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. This is where I got lost. So I want to go back to that scripture. The this, this thing that says, this is one of the commentaries. I did not write down which one it was. It may be a combination of others. Thou hast possessed my reins. What are you talking about, God? What are you trying to tell me? See? And then you pray in the Spirit. And I say, well, Father, thank you for revealing that to me. And you say, well, I don't have any idea what he said, but it's in here. He'll reveal it to you. You may be washing your dishes or doing a load of laundry, but you'll get it or you'll study it. So this, this is what one commentary said. The idea is not that he owned them when he says he possessed my reins. It's not that he owned them, but that he created and he made them. 
And therefore, he knows all about them, talking about our body. He created them, and he formed them, and he knows all about everything inside your body. The bones, everything. You know, everything that works and functions, God did that. He's smart God. He spoke them in there. He created them. So he knows about them. He knows about what he has created, and he knows what his creation needs. God knows what I need because he created this body. Okay? Now, this is something... (laughs) I was sharing this with Tanya. He knows all about them. The word reigns, where it says that he ha- thou hast possessed my reigns. I know in at least two commentaries I studied. Now, this is going to get you here. The word reigns literally means the kidneys. Anybody got any kidney problems? That's what he says. He created them. He knows what they need. Uh, He possesses the reins. He possesses. He created your kidneys. He knows all about them. Listen to him. Kidneys. And I had Tanya look this up for me. The kidneys filters a half a cup of blood every minute. It removes waste and extra water. And... The different commentaries I looked at mentioned the importance of reigns. R-E-I-N-S. How do you spell that? R-E-I-G-N-S. He reigns. It, it, I would have never thought of that, but he says it's your kidneys. Well, if you have issues with your kidneys, God knows about them, and he knows how to fix them. And I receive. If you have that, I would fix me a confession. Praise God, I thank you, Father. You built these kidneys. You put them inside this body to function correctly. Every how you want to pray it. And I'm receiving the function that you created. You know all about them, God. You know what food needs to go in there. You know this, you know that. You give me the instructions so that my kidneys will function properly. And I will not abuse them. You see, we abuse these bodies. We abuse the organs. And everything that God has put in us. Amen. I mean, we could, I'd have to raise my hand on that. I'm not exempt. But my health is in here in this book. Praise God. But listen, knowledge is important. So you wouldn't have known that had the Holy Spirit not that brought that to me. And so, praise God. I'm glad he brought that to me. Because I know there's people that have kidney problems. But that's the same thing with anything else that he has created in your body some of the commentaries talked about the frame Uh, some of the commentaries got into the bone structure and the skeleton with the flesh over it 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 goes in i mean it was so in depth that i just couldn't do it all but it's in there it's in there praise god okay so he said, where he said, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb means God has put his parts together as one who wears cloth or who makes a basket. In your mother's womb, he put all the parts together. Our little girl over here that's in your womb, he's already put the parts together. 
Oh, thank you for those good, healthy parts. Is that not amazing? We're talking about you having the health that God provided for you and for your body. I, th- I thought that was so interesting where he said that, that he, where it says he's covered your womb, that he has, he has spoken and he has put the parts together as one who weaves a cloth or one who weaves a basket. He just put it all together. He knew what he was doing. The more anyone contemplates his own bodily, the, oh, the more anyone contemplates how, I've got to get this, his own bodily formation and becomes acquainted with the anatomy of the human frame, and the more he understands of the mental organization, the more he will understand the force of psalmist, the psalmist's words here when he said, if we will take the time to understand how God formed all these parts, he said, the more you will understand that scripture that says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, I want you to know every lady in here is fearfully and wonderfully made. And we need to understand that, that God did this, that when you were in your mother's womb, he put all those parts in there. But you see, people walk in fear, and they think about the genetics. Well, my mama had this, my mama had that, and, and that genie. Well, you've been regenerated with this word, amen? So this was just so amazing to me when I began studying this that I can't tell you all that, that's in the commentaries when you begin to study the anatomy of the bodies in there. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Well, I wish I'd had more time this morning to get into more of that, but I had to move on. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 4. And the, you're very familiar with these. But it's very, very part, much part of our life. Let's look at verse 20. And read through 22. And I tell you, this whole chapter is outstanding. He says, my son, attend to my words. To my words. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. What does he say? Listen to me. Hear what I'm saying. Let them, let my words not depart. From your eyes. That's what you're supposed to see. Is his words when sickness is against us. See his word. What does the word say? Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For. The reason you want to do that. Because they are life. Unto those that find them. And his words are health. To all our flesh. God's words. Not I'm sick. Not that I'm hurt. Not that I threw up all night. You know. But we keep his words that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. We keep his words coming out of our mouth. And, you know, we're so quick. You know, I wonder why we share our sicknesses and our attacks. You know, I know sometimes the Lord will correct me. He says, you don't need to share that. They don't need to know that. Why do you want to do that? And then they'll say, because you're wanting sympathy or you, you know. It's a release. Like, I don't want them to feel sorry for me if I'm under attack. But, that, but we got to think about these things. Why do we do what we do? We are a selfish people. 
It's all about self. And that's what, why the world is in such a mess today is because people are self-centered. It's all about self. Amen. Okay. So, wow. He has provided health, but we have the responsibility to keep sickness off of us. He's provided, but I've got to keep it off. I'm responsible for the choices I make that affects my health. I'm responsible. Health is mine, but I don't use wisdom. As I make these choices, I will fulfill my part. Making the right choices, I will fulfill my part. And then when I fulfill my part of making the right choices in this life on earth, then I will have health. There's therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> but there is instruction. There is instruction. And I've got to listen to it. I've got to hear what he's telling me today. And listen to it. And I've got to know the plans that he has for me. So have you ever started a health program with the intention of losing weight? Of getting your energy back? of getting your health back, of getting rid of pain. Have you ever started a program or, you know, start saying all of that? Well, I have, and I failed many times. And in studying this, I discovered I probably was not mentally and emotionally ready for the changes of making That ministered to me. I have to be mentally and emotionally ready for the changes of the changes I'm going to have to make. What I need to make. What is it, Lord? Am I ready mentally? Am I ready emotionally to make these changes? Let me tell you, that's not always easy. But remember, we're on the hunt our health and he's going to talk to you today and when I give you out some homework here in a little bit that you're going to do uh, he's going to give you some instructions and if you don't do them you're going to fail you're going to fail and I failed many times with some of the decisions I made, but I was not ready for the change. Boy, that's a biggie. That is a biggie, girls. And so you might want to write you a confession of how you are ready emotionally and, and uh, physically and spiritually and mentally. You know, you might want to make you out a confession to say every day and say it every morning, you know, that I'm ready. And if you're not ready, that confession, if you'll continue to say it, will begin to take hold and you will get ready. You may not be ready when you first write it. But if you continue to say it one of these days, faith's going to come to do it. Amen? Okay, so we're going to start today to prepare ourselves for the changes we as individuals need to make, including myself in that. To, make, to maintain, maintain our health. One of the keys is the way I think. My mental 
and emotional readiness. Am I ready? For if I am not ready, I will fail. Now, then I have some homework. If you girls will pass those out. And we're going to go over these. And these are homework. If I say homework, what does that mean? You're going to do it, Bridget, at home. Praise God. You're going to do these. Hallelujah. So. Uh, we still don't have them all passed out. We'll give just a minute there. But these are called tips for success. Tips for Are you ready for success? Okay. Then get your mind emotionally ready for change. I tell you, I want change. I, I literally get tired of always having to fight something. I want permanent change. Amen. Now, I know some of y'all, when you go out to eat today, listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell you not to eat something. That's not my job. But if you want change, listen to the Holy Spirit and make wise choices. Amen? Oh, I know y'all still love me. I started to have y'all confess before I talked today that you love me. Before it was ever taught. Hey, I have to live this. God deals with me first. Or I couldn't teach it. Okay, the tips for success. Number one, make a firm commitment to change. We'll just go over these real quick. I'm about out of time. Number two, write down and identify the reasons you want to change. Number three, write down your goals for the next several months. Number four, write down and identify three patterns of your behavior that has helped you back from change. So you're going to have to think on these. Number five, identify and write down three new positive patterns of behavior that will help you succeed. One of those, when I was thinking about these things, is my nighttime. When I'm home by myself, I want to stack and that's one of the things I want changed. If I've had enough dinner, I don't need to snack. You know, I mean, just think about those kind of things. That's when, that's when I get, when the weakness has come in the past, okay? So, number six, begin working on replacing the old habit patterns with new ones. Now, I've got to think on that. Like that when I've got to change at night. Write them down. It's really important to write them down. So review what you have written every morning. Go back over it, what you have written when you answered all these. Now, this is the chart that's on there. Do you become impatient or inconsistent when progress is slow? <laughs> I'm seeing some heads. Is procrastinating a problem? That means putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Do you fear or resist change? Do you make excuses to get around what is necessary to reach your goal? These are good, y'all. We're talking about maintaining your health. When you have a setback, do you consider giving up or quitting? I'm telling you, God knows right exactly where we live. Amen. So, 
One, sur one um, survey said this, 50% of health problems are related to the effects of stress. We live in a stressful world. It says you can overcome stress, and you have to receive that by faith. You have to receive the peace that God, that Jesus left us. Receive it. Just tell yourself, I receive peace about this. Jesus, you gave me peace. And this is a quote. Stress is one of the main culprits that robs us of our health. I thought this was interesting. It is devastating to the body. Stress is devastating to your body, physical body. It is a primary force for encouraging cancer cells in the body as well as other degenerative diseases. And then it says such as arthritis, lupus, Crohn's disease, and fibromyalgia. Stress encourages those. We've got to get this body stress-free. We need to de-stress our life. So, and then he went on to say, overeating is not an antidote for stress. Yet we tend to use food to help cope with the pressures of life. And I, I have noticed that if I'm, if I'm under pressure about something, I'm going to go eat. Well, that ain't from God. Not if I've already eaten. But stress is speaking to us. Stress speaks. It has the voice. So our first thoughts in the morning are important. And we'll set a course for our date. And this is a quote. I think it was Annette Caps that said this. The first thing I need to know and hear in the morning is God's voice. And the last quote is this as we close. I'm on a hunt to see what God wants me to do today. I'm on a hunt for it. What does he want me to do today? What changes I need to make? What one thing I need to do today to start my road to a healthy life? This, is, this has been tough, but we have health provided for us, not just healing. Now, we may have to get healed first to have the help, but God has given me a healthy body. It's right here, and I've got to get it off of these pages into my body. So I encourage you ladies today to begin your hunt for health. And that's what I'm doing. I, am, I have begun. Yesterday I began my hunt for health. And God's going to teach me. And I'm going to listen. And I have the ability to make the changes that he wants me to make to walk in that health. Amen.